Welcome to Wait for Wait Food for Thought. In this podcast, I discuss all things related to health, fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle advice. If you're looking for education, inspiration, motivation, or for some good old-fashioned rambling, you've come to the right place. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Happy listening. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Wait for Wait Food for That podcast. You guys, I recorded this episode, I shit you not, like, I don't know, 10 times yesterday. I finally got through it at around like 11 p.m., uh, a 43-minute episode. And I'm not being dramatic when I tell you that all night long, I had like nightmares of how awful the episode was. And I woke up and I was like, no, I'm going to absolutely redo it because something in me just felt like it was not cohesive, very frantic, 11 p.m. rant. And I want to talk about this this topic last week, but I just couldn't get myself to sit down and actually talk about it. So this is take like 15 and hopefully it's the last. But I want to talk about emotions and deep rooted suppression and how we can tap into our past, tap into our trauma to heal and find more peace in the present moment. And that's something that I'm really, 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 really struggling with. And I don't have the answers to at all. So this is not a how to, because I don't know how to do any of this bullshit. I don't know how to process my emotions. This is just a very open conversation about the fact that we are all struggling with dealing with our trauma, our past memories, our past experiences, grief, heartbreak, whatever it is, all of that pain that we carry with us we carry with us forever. And it manifests differently as we go through different experiences in life. So I want to start off by having us all think of a specific scenario. Imagine yourself minding your own business, walking on the street, maybe shopping, and somebody passes out. Maybe somebody has a seizure. Maybe somebody gets hit by a car. You see some physical pain that somebody's experiencing. Maybe you see a car accident. Maybe you see somebody get hit by a car while they're riding their bike. What do you do? Most of us, I would hope, would either go help, call 911. Maybe you'll know what to do in that specific situation. But the point is you'll help because you see somebody in physical pain. It's something that you can understand and process. You can see the pain. You can see how it's manifesting. And it just makes sense to your brain. So you help. But what if you're minding your own business, you're shopping, whatever, and somebody's just silently crying to themselves? What do you do? Do you keep walking? Probably. I've seen people cry and I just keep walking. Why is that? Because we're uncomfortable approaching something that we can't quite see. We can't quite understand. And we tell ourselves that person's going through something. It's their own business. They're struggling. Like I'll give them space. I'll let them breathe. But how often do we go up to somebody who's crying or physical or, or sorry, you can see the emotional stress on their face. You can sense when somebody is struggling mentally, but we don't really say, are you okay? We get uncomfortable. We get standoffish. We think that we're overstepping our boundaries. It's because we can't quite understand that person's emotions, that person's perspective, that person's turmoil. So we just go about our business. We're all consumed within our own emotions, our own heads, our own minds, that if something doesn't quite make sense to us, we typically don't approach it because it's something that we can't really understand. I 
am realizing as a 26-year-old that my emotions, not my emotions, all emotions are extremely, extremely complex. They're multidimensional and for some reason, we carry our memories, we carry our bodies, we carry ourselves for however, however many years we've been alive. So for me, 26 years old, I have all these memories, I have all these experiences, and yet when I try to process my emotions, I try to think about them, it doesn't make sense. I can't understand them. I can't process them. They just don't make sense to me. And I feel like I have suppressed so much emotion and so much pain and so much trauma and so much grief that that suppression has manifested into feeling numb or feeling empty. So I took this to Instagram to ask you guys, like, how are you processing your emotions? What are you struggling with in terms of processing your own pain and your own grief? And one of the ones that kind of stuck out to me, or there's a few, but I'll start with these is uh, finding some sort of middle ground between feeling nothing and feeling everything. And the other one that stood out to me is no emotions. I am indifferent to everything and it's killing my motivation. So I often feel like I'm alone when I say that I feel really numb and empty and just don't really feel anything. Like it's not, even, it's not good or bad. Like this person said, it's just indifferent. And I felt like I was alone in that because a lot of people in my life feel things and talk about their emotions and process things. And it's healthy and normal. And for me, it's, it's not normal. It's uncomfortable. So seeing these two responses really made me realize that I'm not alone. And it made me think about like, okay, why does this happen? Why do we get to a point where we just become numb? We shut off. It's our defense mechanism for what's going on in the world. And it's not that we feel nothing, It's the fact that we feel or felt so much so quickly that our brains did not know how to make sense of that sensory input, did not know how to make sense of that information. So we suppress it so that we can get through our day, so that we can get through our lives without feeling like we're crumbling, without feeling like we're unable to move forward in a productive manner, so that we don't allow our emotions to completely suffocate and overwhelm us. So we get really good at constant suppression of anything that we feel will infringe upon our daily life. So it's not that you feel nothing. It's that you feel too much that you don't know how to deal with. So you lock it up deep, 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 deep down inside of you. And because there's so much suppression, it becomes more and more overwhelming as you go through life to figure out, okay, where do I start? And this suppression starts to manifest differently as you get older, as you gain more experiences, maybe you're more irritable, maybe you're more angry at the world. There's something in there that if you think about how you are acting at this particular moment, how are you? Are you just frustrated? Are you angry at the world? Are you sad? Are you not enthusiastic about anything? There's a reason for that. It's not just that you wake up today and you're just pissed or you wake up today and you're sad. It's an accumulation of a bunch of memories, a bunch of experiences that have gotten you to this point and how you carry yourself to protect yourself. And that's just evolution. It's just us protecting ourselves and our hearts so that we feel like we can survive in the best way that we can and the best way that we know how. But think about this. I I want us to think about a new scenario. If you imagine yourself back into your little childhood home and if something bothered you, how do you remember feeling? You remember feeling sad. 
You remember feeling maybe angry. You remember feeling frustrated when your friends took your toys or you didn't want to share. Or you remember a moment or a memory that made you feel happy. But as a kid, as a child, we don't know what that means. It's just one dimensional. We know how we feel, but we don't really know how to process the event properly. We don't, as a child, we don't have our toys taken from us from our, from our friends and say, you know what? That made me sad because I worked hard to get that toy and, and I deserve that toy because it's mine. And it's something that means a lot to me because my, maybe I worked hard for it or my family gave it to me, or it was a gift from my grandfather that passed away. We don't have that kind of emotional intelligence when we're children. We just know that some little fucking shithead took our goddamn toy and I fucking want it back. Okay. Timothy, give me my fucking Lego set back. Okay, bitch. But no, okay. Don't, don't be aggressive towards the children. Okay. So anyway, point is we don't have the emotional intelligence to really dissect a situation or experience as children. But what happens when we get older, we get confused because we're so used to attaching a certain feeling to a certain experience that we don't understand the greater meaning behind why we feel that way. And so once we get into our early 20s or our mid 20s, I feel like this is pretty normal from the people that I've talked to is you start to gain awareness, this, this weird sense of awareness of yourself, of the world around you. Things don't quite seem as you always thought they are. You start to debunk certain myths about the world. You start to see things a little bit more clearly and life just isn't as it seemed as a kid. But now you're left with this newfound sense of awareness of just like, what the fuck is going on? Plus all of this shit from your childhood that you only knew how to attach a feeling to, but not a meaning to. So you're stuck with trauma from the past, memories from the past, and this newfound awareness of the present moment and the future and the world around you. How the fuck are we supposed to process this information? Like, I'm sorry, what? This is too much sometimes for one human, one being, one brain to process. And so this manifests differently for other people. Some people become angry. Some people become addicted to substances to help them cope. Some people become depressed. Some people become anxious. If you're like me, you learn to completely dissociate body and mind. My body and my mind are two separate things and I feel like they are two separate operating systems and they rarely communicate with each other, which is obviously not great. And we're working on it. But what's weird to me is the fact that when we see somebody in physical pain or if we are in physical pain, we know that we'll be okay because we know that we'll heal. Maybe it'll be a, slowing, a slower healing process than we expected, but we know that that's how bodies operate. They heal. They repair themselves. We could take medication to help speed it up. We can rest to help speed it up. And we can do whatever it is that we need to do to understand that our bodies will heal. But when it comes to our mental health, we don't really understand that we will heal just as our bodies will heal. We ignore and we suppress because we think that if we face it, it's going to kill us or it's going to overwhelm us so much that we can't go on performing normally in our daily world. Maybe if we think back to our emotions or try to process it, we become so overwhelmed and we become angry and we lash out at work. And we can't have that. We can't lash out at our jobs that provide us with financial stability. 
So we suppress, don't deal with it and, and it'll be okay. But it won't be because it's still there. It's still going to fester and it's still going to manifest itself differently as you go on through your life. So how, how do we deal with this? Like, where do we start? Some of us, I think there's like kind of two ends of the spectrum, anxiety and depression, obviously, but we fall kind of somewhere in between. We either allow our trauma and our past emotions and our past memories to bring us to such a low place that we have no motivation to move. Or we want to suppress it so much so and do so much shit during our days and fill our days with so much stuff like me that you don't have time to think about it. So you're a high functioning and you have high functioning anxiety and you look like you're normal. You look like you're able to get shit done, but really it's just high anxiety that you don't know how to properly process. And if you, if you really stop and think about yourself and your emotions and your memories and your being and your just your life, we're so complex. You're so complex. Like you have so much about you that people don't even realize people don't even know. And yet, why are we so quick to put down somebody else's emotions put down somebody else's pain, put down somebody else's trauma? Why are we so quick to be so impatient when other people are struggling, but expect people to be so patient and loving when we're struggling? It's, it's a double-edged sword. It doesn't make sense. And so when we start to realize that we are complex beings with memories that we don't really know what they mean, and you are a complex being with memories that you don't really know how to process properly, we have, we gain this greater sense of emotional intelligence. We gain more empathy for the world and more understanding and patience for ourselves and other people. And with that power, we are able to be kinder and nicer to each other so that you're not projecting your pain onto somebody else who is then projecting their pain onto you. And then now you're pissed and they're pissed. Like we just have this, this really, these blinders on and we feel like life just happens to us and our emotions just happen to us. And, and I am the only one that experiences anger and I'm the only one that experiences sadness and frustration and pain and anxiety and depression. And we're not. No one is immune to any of those feelings and we all feel them. We all feel them differently and they all manifest differently, but we all have the same exact feelings. We're all here for some bullshit reason that we don't even fucking know about, okay? And so why don't we just have a little bit more compassion for each other when understanding that you're struggling and I'm struggling. And as I get older, I realize that we're all fucking struggling and that nobody is immune to struggle. And yes, you see those people that say they have it figured out. They're very positive all the time. They're very happy all the time. They think that like our struggles are, they don't matter. And angry, being angry is bad. Being sad is bad. And being frustrated is bad, but it's not. Being angry and sad and frustrated is just as magical as being happy and excited because it teaches us about ourselves. It teaches us about life. It helps us process experiences that don't quite make sense and it helps us grow. So I would argue that pain is actually more powerful than happiness, but it's scary because there's more awareness that comes with facing your own pain. So where the fuck 
do you start? And that's where I'm struggling too, because I don't know where to start. I know that I have a lot of things that are festering, that I'm at a point now where it's like a volcano. It's been dormant for like 10 years, but it's, it's about to motherfucking burst, bitch. And I am not ready. I am not ready. So where do we start? And I think the timing of this episode is actually impeccable because in 30 minutes, which I don't know how I'm going to finish this episode, write a little synopsis, edit it, post it, and make this phone call that I have in 30 minutes. But you know what? We'll make it happen. (laughs) But I have a call with a trauma healer to help you tap into past memories that you don't really know how to, to tap into. And the argument is people think, well, I can't afford that. I can't afford therapy. I can't afford a good therapist. My insurance won't cover it, which also is fucking bullshit. Uh, But that's a different topic for a different time. But if you tell yourself you can't afford it, it's not that you can't afford it. It's just that you don't want it badly enough or you're afraid or it's an excuse. Think about how much money you spend on a monthly basis. Are you spending, I don't know, if you go out every weekend, which is pretty typical, I feel like for a lot of people, um, at least that I know. If you go out almost every weekend, you're maybe spending probably like $50 to $100 a weekend. So let's just highball it a little bit. You could easily be spending $300 to $400 a month on just going out. On maybe brunch, on lunch with your friends, on drinks. Drinks are where they fucking get you. So how much money are you spending? And do you need to be doing that? Uh, Probably not. You probably don't need to be harming your body that much or spending that much money. But if you think about it, If you think about all the things that you do, there's a reason, there's a purpose. It's not just like, let me go out with my friends and drink and have a good time. There's a, there's an underlying meaning to everything that we do. And there's a purpose. Are you running away? Are you drinking your problems away? And when you see people that are absolutely fucking trashed and belligerent every single weekend, that's exactly what they're doing. It's not to have fun. At some point, drinking is not fun. It's, it's an escape. So ask yourself, are you escaping every weekend? And can you put that money towards something better? Now, there are basic things that we can all do collectively to help our mental state of being. We can drink water, more water. We're probably dehydrated. Like our bodies crave these certain things that we need to function optimally. We need sunlight. We need exercise. We need to eat well. And eating well isn't just like, let me eat healthy. It's also making sure that you have a balanced diet and getting all the nutrients that your body and your brain actually need to function properly. But oftentimes these things are lacking when we're both depressed and anxious. Oftentimes there's something in our world, in our life that we can control right now. It's not always finding something external. Like, let me go get a gym membership. Let me go get a therapist. Let me go buy something to help me feel better. It's often just what you're doing in your own environment right now. And what can you change? But if you're depressed, the problem is you have such low energy, you have such low motivation that doing all of these things just seems so tiresome. But what it actually will do is give you more energy. Working out, eating well, going outside, drinking water, sleeping, this will give you more energy. But when you don't have energy to do that, how do you, where do you start? It's, it's a double-edged sword too. Where do you start? And I think as people, we get so overwhelmed with all of the things that we should be doing to help us get to a certain place of where we think we should be that we don't start at all because it just seems like impossible, like an impossible task. But break it down. Baby, baby steps. What can you do right now 
to help you. If you're depressed and maybe you're oversleeping, start with sleep. How can you make sure that you are getting a solid amount of sleep and you're not oversleeping because that actually makes you way more tired? You're fucking up your clock cells, your internal clock cells. Your body's confused about what time it is. You're basically always jet lagged, which is why that's happening. So how do you start small? If you're depressed, ask yourself, what is the one thing that you are lacking the most right now? And start with that. Don't make this whole to-do list of things of how to not be depressed. And in our society today, we are so quick to just prescribe. You reach out for help, get this medication or that medication or this medication. It'll help you. But no one's telling you fucking go outside and get sunlight. No one's telling you go drink water. Doctors will not tell you to eat a balanced diet. They don't give a fuck. Like they don't give a fuck. When my dad had, was going through chemo at the hospital, people were eating McDonald's while they're getting chemotherapy. Bruh, I'm not even going to get into that because that shit makes me heated. But doctors aren't going to say, um, excuse me, you probably shouldn't be eating that processed ass meal while you're getting chemo fucking therapy. Yeah? Hmm. Maybe not the best idea. But you're not hearing people say that to you, doctors, because that's not that doesn't match their agenda. And that shit pisses me off. But anyway, besides the point, but I do understand that medication is necessary for some people and it's so helpful for some people, but it should be complimentary. It should not be the only reason why you're getting better or the only thing that you latch onto for help. It's not magic. These are pills that humans have created, but our bodies are so complex that once you take a pill for one thing, it's cause and effect. Something else is going to happen. So again, what can you control in your life right now to start small, to start gaining more awareness and understanding about I'm angry today. And rather than just being angry, ask yourself, why am I angry? Like, why did I wake up angry? I don't know if you're like me in this regard. I talked to a coworker and he thought this was like outrageous that I wake up angry. Sometimes I will wake up with fucking rage and it feels great to me because I typically feel nothing. So when I wake up feeling full of rage, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, this is going to be a great fucking day. Like I'm feeling something amazing. And if you're in my fucking way, you're going to die. Not actually. But anyway, besides the point is being angry feels good. But I don't take the time to say, why did I wake up angry today? I just still that I'm mad and I'm just pissed and I'm like, I don't care. When I'm happy, I don't ask myself, why am I happy right now? Why am I sitting here just being full of joy? Like, I feel like lately I haven't been experiencing any joy. That sounds so depressing, but it's just true. Like I go through the motions. I get my shit done. I get excited about things a lot because it also makes me feel something like something to look forward to. But that means I'm living in the future. Like being excited isn't living in the present moment. Think about something like you can't really be excited for something in the present moment. You could, I guess you could be excited to do something, I guess. But for me, typically I'm excited because I'm looking forward to something in the future. So ask yourself, why the fuck are you feeling this way? And if you don't know, it's because it's some sort of memory that's lingering on or latching onto you from your past that you haven't quite processed and you can't quite understand, which is so crazy to, to grasp because we've had our own brains and memories for our whole lives. So not being able to process something that we've been through is bizarre and it's a hard concept and it's a hard pill to swallow. So where do we fucking start? And again, like I said, this is not a how to, I don't know. I don't know where to start. 
because I can sit here and tell you all of these things. These are all the realizations that I've had lately, but these real realizations to me aren't attached to emotion. So I still have not felt what I need to feel. I've just realized all the things that I haven't quite seen before. And now I'm just, I need to attach emotion to them so that I can have a better understanding about myself and the world around me. Because emotions are just our way to process the world around us. And if we don't know how to quite do that, then we don't know how to quite make sense about what the fuck's going on. We don't know how to approach situations. We don't know how to approach people. If we're not in check with ourselves and we're not aware of ourselves and situations and circumstances. And so where the fuck do we begin? Nobody, I think it's so rude that we were just born and no one gave us a handbook. They're just like, oh, enjoy. And you're like, enjoy? What the fuck? Like, you want me to be happy, but then like somebody I love just died? That's weird. You want me to like go on with my life, but I just got my heart broken? Hmm, that's also weird. (laughs) And it's rude. Frankly, it's fucking rude. So that's some bullshit that um, if somebody wants to write a handbook for that and you like have all the answers, that'd be so sick. Just let me know. DM me with a link to your fucking ebook and I'll read it 100%. Anyway. Moving on to the whatever floats your quote for today. First quote is, I'm not happy. I'm not sad. I'm just empty. And I think that in itself is powerful because we do go through our lives feeling so much or being so happy, but then we're going to get to a point and we all will get to a point where we're just empty. It's not necessarily bad, but it's, it's something to think about. If you're feeling this empty and this numb and this low, and this indifferent about the beauty around you or, or life. Like I feel indifferent to life. I don't feel joy in anything that I do. I was working out at the beach today and I was wondering why I was so numb to just looking around this beautiful, like I recognize it's beautiful. I'm sitting there with my weights, doing a kick-ass arm workout on the sand with very few people there looking at the waves. And I just, there's no joy. There's nothing. Why? Why do I feel nothing? but that's okay. It's not bad. It's not bad if you feel this quote unquote bad emotion that we've deemed to be bad. It's not. It's a lesson. And it's something that your body is trying to tell you like something's not right. You have to understand something. You have to switch your perspective. You have to dig deeper in a place that you've never dug before. And I promise you something is there. You just have to dig more. And so that's where we're at with that quote. Love that. And if you resonate with that, it's okay. I'm fucking here for you. I feel it too. Or actually I don't feel it. That's the irony of it. Anyway, next quote. (laughs) When we accept and embrace our emotions as the way they are, rather than what we wish them to be and discover that in the deepest, darkest moments, we are okay. This is the true emotional healing. Emotional healing is when you face your worst fears only to realize that you are okay. You have no control over what life throws at you, but you have control of how to relate to whatever comes your way. I'm going to read that again. When we accept and embrace our emotions as the way they are, rather than what we wish them to be and discover that in the deepest, darkest moments, we are okay. This is the true emotional healing. Emotional healing is when you face your worst fears only to realize that you are okay. You have no control over what life throws at you, but you have control of how to relate to whatever comes your way. Damn, that's some powerful shit, dude. I'm going to read one other thing that um, somebody 
commented on my little Instagram question thing. Um, this person said, how do I deal with family trauma and grief? And how do I heal when it literally never ends? So I've dealt with family trauma and grief and I feel like it never ends too. There are aspects of it that have, that have closed, like the doors have closed. It's I've moved on to the next chapter, but it's still there. But if you're in an environment that is constantly stressful, an environment that's constantly bringing you anxiety and where you try to escape, but something external is still kind of coming your way that you are completely out of your control. You can't control the situation, but you can control how you react to it. You can either let it suffocate you. You can either let it overwhelm you day in and day out, or you can figure out things that you can do that help you dissociate from that situation, from those experiences, from those people in a way that's productive to your mental health. So even though the situation is kind of specific, it's relevant to everybody because we all have external shit that we are not able to control. External stress, stress at work, stress in relationships, people bring us stress, Situations bring us stress. COVID is bringing us stress. We can't control it. It's there and it's always going to be there, or at least for a very long time, for the foreseeable future. We can't see when it's going to end. It seems to be indefinite, especially COVID. But what do we do? How do we cope when there's some fucking bullshit that we can't control that's, that's entering our lives involuntarily? That's going to be the trend for the rest of your life. So what do you do? You focus on you. You focus on things that bring you happy. Think back to your childhood and think back to the things that brought you absolute joy and just like ignited your passion. Like when we're kids, we have so much passion for things and you know exactly what it is. Like, you know, you think back and you're like, dude, when I was fucking painting, finger painting as a kid, I was so fucking stoked. Like we lose that excitement and that just joy and passion when we get to adulthood. I don't know why. I don't know if we just become numb to the world. And we just start realizing all the shit that was actually going around on around us this whole time that we didn't really know how to deal with, or we didn't even understand as children, but how can we tap back into that passion? Like right now, I feel like there's zero passion in my life. That's, that's sad. Okay. And that's bullshit, but it's true. Like I'm, I feel like at one of the lowest moments that I've been in my life emotionally, because I feel so disconnected to myself, but it's a positive thing for me because I'm realizing that there's a lot I need to work on to be better for myself. So to start, I need to tap into my passions. What are my passions? It's music. That's my biggest passion. And I haven't been doing any of it. And oftentimes when we get so depressed or we get so overwhelmed or we get so suffocated or we have so much anxiety from things going on around us, we're not finding our outlet, our, our comfortable outlet. No, sorry. We're finding a comfortable outlet, but we're not finding that outlet that actually brings us passion and meaning to our life. We start to lose that. We, we lose sight of exciting things when we feel like life is not getting exciting. So if you're at a low point and you don't know how to cope, start small. Start with your passions and try to change one or two things in your life that are bringing you, that aren't serving you anymore. Maybe they're not serving you physically. Maybe your diet's shit. Or maybe they're not serving you emotionally. Or maybe you're not sleeping well at all, oversleeping, undersleeping. Again, go back to your basic needs as a human. What your body needs to function and, and keep you pumping perfectly all day. What does your body need to function at its optimal state? Ask yourself if you're giving yourself all the needs that you actually need. 
and then go to wants. What do you want for yourself? What do you want to bring you happiness or excitement? And then do it. And it's easier said than done, but that's why it's easier to break it down into small, small, small digestible bits. Because if you, th- if you think about all the things that you have to do, you're going to go crazy. If you think about all the things that you have to do to be a sound human being and, and this enlightened human being, you're going to fucking go crazy. <laughs> no one just becomes enlightened by doing everything that you have to do in one day. Start small, breathe, and know that just like your body heals when it's gone through something physically traumatic, your mind will also heal when it's gone through something mentally traumatic. You just have to do a little bit extra work because your body physically repairs itself, but your mind mentally won't. You have to do the work to repair your mind. Latch on to good people, latch on to good situations, Quit your fucking job if it's bringing you stress. You will find another one and eliminate anything that's causing you anxiety. Like ask yourself right now, what is causing me the most anxiety in my life and eliminate it? It's going to be hard. You can't just snap your fingers and it's gone. And know that it's going to be a slow process to eliminate things that we have emotional attachments to that are bringing us also stress. It's difficult. We have a lot of unlearning to do, a lot of, a lot of retracing our steps but you'll get there. Be patient with your journey. Be patient with your time. Do not rush anything. If people are telling you you're, you're, you're not doing it right. You're going too slow. Get over it. It's not, it's not, it's not how people work. You're on your time. I'm on my time. Also time's made up. So it doesn't fucking matter. Like take your fucking time and deal with things the way that you know how, because at the end of the day, you have your experiences and your knowledge and your perception of the world based off of what you've gone through. And I have mine. And mine's not the same as yours. And so we're on different paths. We're on different journeys. We have different memories. We have different experiences. And when you, again, can understand that about yourself and understand that about others, we gain more patience for ourselves. We gain more patience for other people. And we just become fucking kinder human beings. Okay? Stop being rude and stop projecting. That's all I have to say. And with that, you guys, I guess I have to edit this in 10 minutes and also make my call. Uh-huh. We're off to a great rushed morning here. But anyway, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time it is for you. I look forward to speaking to y'all next week. 